Welcome to our worship today. Our thanks today go to Kevin Bright for our sermon and to Jill Myers and Rosemary Patello for our readings. Our hymns are sung for us by the choir of St Martin in the Fields. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel in silence and remember God's presence with us now. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. 
we have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus you are Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. The psalm this evening is Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thy sin, and healeth all thy infirmities, who saveth thy life from destruction, and crowneth thee with mercy and loving kindness, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, making thee young and lusty as an eagle. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all them that are oppressed with wrong. He showed his way unto Moses, his works unto the children of Israel. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy, long-suffering and of great goodness. He will not always be chiding, neither keepeth he his anger for ever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our wickedness. For look how high the heaven is in comparison of the earth, so great is his mercy also toward them that fear him. Look how wide also the east is from the west, so far hath he set our sins from us. Yea, like as a father pitieth his own children, even so is the Lord merciful unto them that fear him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The reading is from Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 to 21. Realising that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers said, What if Joseph still bears a grudge against us? and pays us back in full for all the wrong that we did to him. So they approached Joseph, saying, Your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and, they wrong, and the wrong they did in harming you. Now therefore, please forgive the crime of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept, fell down before him and said, We are here as your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. 
Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good, in order to preserve a numerous people, as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. In this way, he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. This is the word of the Lord. We say the Magnificat together. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed for ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The reading is taken from Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened. They were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed. This is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you, unless you forgive your brother from your heart. This is the word of the Lord.
we say the Nunc Dimittis together. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness, and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, Give unto us the increase of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain that which thou dost promise. Make us to love that which thou dost command. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
When you hear Jesus' parable in Matthew's Gospel today, how does it make you feel? If you're like me, your first reaction may be that you sink down a bit and wish that you were naturally a bit more forgiving. Whilst it's clear that God does want us to forgive each other, the message we take away from the parable all depends upon where we find ourselves in it, and also in the story of Joseph and his brothers. When we open up the situation, we're often forced to think a bit harder and reflect truthfully on how we might have behaved in the same situation. Business Contact was recently telling me how a newspaper with a certain political bias was fed some numbers which made a good story and which was rushed to press instantly. When she took the trouble to feed the full facts, together with some context, the journalists were far less interested. I guess this is nothing new, but it's a reminder to us all that context and reflection on the different perspectives of the characters involved will give us some chance of finding real meaning in our Bible. Otherwise, it's so easy to hear words in a way that suits us and then jump straight on that bandwagon of condemnation. Just to start with, have you ever had a really annoying sibling? If so, you might sympathise with the brothers in selling Joseph's off for 20 shekels without a thought for his welfare. However, there's probably a greater chance that you've looked back on family relationships and been left feeling a bit bad because you wish you had behaved differently. At the point we meet Joseph today, the tables of power have been turned, and thanks to him, his brothers are living comfortably in Egypt. They think they know how they're going to be treated and fear what is coming to them when their father dies. Yet, Joseph has grown as he understood his part in God's plan to help the people of Egypt, and he's not interested in petty, short-lasting revenge. Already we're being prompted to have a rethink about forgiveness. In many circumstances, forgiveness can be very difficult, so it follows that we beat ourselves up sometimes because we struggle to forgive others. The trouble with this approach is that we then often assume that we're judged in the same way. When I first started exploring Christianity, a wise man told me that an important thing to remember about the relationship with God is that it can constantly grow and renew. God is not interested in piling every sin we ever commit into a sack on our back until we collapse under the weight, becoming dysfunctional and useless. Rather, he forgives us in a way which makes our natural response to him one where we walk more lightly as people consciously trying to shed our old ways and not giving up when we fail. Talking of burdens, it's all too easy to be left wondering whether we have the capacity to be as forgiving as the king owed a massive debt or whether we would behave more like the servant seeking repayment of a lesser debt. Perhaps 
At least part of the problem here is that we have become detached from all the possibilities that God offers and see things in far more transactional terms where stuff just isn't granted for free. The fact that all around us we see examples of closed minds, selfishness and injustice only adds to the complexity of what forgiveness really means. Take the servant who's just had his debt cancelled. It may be us that need to be forgiving to him when we consider his circumstances. His debt may have been erased, but perhaps he's still left with nothing and has a family to provide for. The way he sees this may be a one-off chance to get his finances straight, have a little breathing space, know where his next meal is coming from. And there's no suggestion that the debt to him wasn't rightly payable. It's just that we expect him to be generous as well because of what he's been excused. Is he thinking, surely his master will commend him if he never again appears in front of him destitute. And in these uncertain times, many may sympathise with his craving for some financial security for him and his family. As we start to think about what forgiveness means to each of us personally, it's important that we recognise that we are people who are forgiven by God on a daily basis. It doesn't necessarily follow that we in turn are always ready to forgive, and it's even possible that in some really bad situations we may never totally forgive. But a strong starting point is to put ourselves in the shoes of the first servant in our parable, hugely indebted, powerless and fearful for himself and those he loved. Once again we're reminded that God doesn't judge by the standards we think we deserve, but when we encounter his staggering generosity and grace, which offers true freedom from the burdens we allow to slow us down, it's something we can only accept in awe, wonder and humility. It's sad to think that the first servant was apparently unmoved despite experiencing this life-giving generosity. Essentially his whole life has just changed and he's missed it. His master wasn't just forgiving the one slave his debt but was showing what forgiveness looks like so that others would come to know that this was possible for them. Our challenge is to be people of forgiveness, even if we can't always find it in ourselves to fully forgive. If we recognise what we've received from God, then our strength to at least struggle with forgiveness comes directly from this. The final words in today's Gospel reading make it clear that if we reject any efforts to forgive others, then we reject the kingdom that God offers for all. It's important that we don't confuse forgiveness with brushing bad things under the carpet or entering into some sort of denial where we pretend that bad things haven't happened. It's especially important that we don't confuse our efforts to forgive with any mistaken belief that we should stay in or return to relationships where harm occurs.
Sadly, our attempts to forgive someone's past actions don't necessarily mean that the person forgiven has changed for the better. It's essential that we support each other as we are able in such situations. There may be deep and disturbing reasons why we sometimes struggle to forgive others, but feelings of superiority or self-importance can never be valid. A final thought. Tom Wright points out that Peter's question to Jesus of how often should I forgive approaches the subject from entirely the wrong stance. This is not really about forgiving someone at all, but simply postponing the time of revenge. Jesus' answer of 77 times exaggerates to make the point that this is the wrong approach. Forgiveness becomes part of who we are as Christians. It's an integral part of our Christian makeup, no matter how we may struggle with this. As we approach difficulties and challenges where others have done wrong, the message from today is that we should seek to resolve them in a spirit of forgiveness, confident that ultimately this will prove far more powerful than any thoughts of vengeance. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Lord, we pray that you will give us grace to live with a spirit of forgiveness and generosity to others, just as you are generous and forgiving to us. Where we have justified cause to feel angry or aggrieved, help us to know how to deal with that anger and turn it to positive ends. Where we have hurt others, help us to be honest with ourselves and with them. In complex situations, help us to discern what true forgiveness looks like and how to balance, balance the urge to forgive with the need to keep ourselves and others safe. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for nations and communities who are locked into bitter feuds and enmities which started long ago, but are fuelled afresh in each generation. We pray for the Middle East and for those who work for peace there and for the people of Belarus. We pray that we might have our eyes open to the way our distrust or our prejudice against others can easily spiral into hatred and violence. Give us the strength and self-discipline to guard against lazy stereotyping or scapegoating. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, as the coronavirus crisis grinds on, we pray for those who are feeling weary and confused, for those who fear new lockdowns, for those whose hopes of more freedom seem out of sight, for those whose businesses and jobs are threatened. We pray that we will not grow tired of helping one another and that you will give us courage to persevere in faith, hope and love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for our families, friends and neighbours, and for any in need who are on our hearts today, holding them before you in a moment of silence.
We pray too for those whose suffering is unseen and unknown to all but you. We pray for those who grieve, especially when mourning is complicated or difficult, that they will know that you hold us all, in life and in death, in your loving hands. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The peace of God that passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.